Tuesday, September the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Canada votes for more of the same and Evergrande spooks stocks. First, the world in brief. Early projections from Canada's parliamentary election indicate that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party should win a plurality of seats but fall short of a majority. The result may look awfully similar to the minority government Mr Trudeau was leading when he called this snap election, two years ahead of schedule. Some voters considered that unnecessary, the more so during a pandemic. Stocks took their worst tumble since May, the S&P 500 shedding 1.7% on Monday and the Nasdaq 2.2%, following sell-offs in Asia and Europe. Some investors are worrying that a liquidity crisis at Evergrande, a Chinese property developer with debts of around $300 billion, could prove contagious. Others are watching the Fed's ruminations and the market's historically high valuations. The Biden administration said it will seek to admit up to 125,000 refugees next fiscal year, which starts in October. That is double the current cap, though fewer than 8,000 have actually been accepted this fiscal year, the fewest in decades. America also plans to welcome about 95,000 Afghans fleeing the Taliban, who will not count towards the refugee ceiling. Pfizer and BioNTech said that their COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective for children aged 5 to 11. Results from their combined Phase 2 and 3 trial showed that a second dose triggered quote, robust levels of antibodies in children, similar to those seen in people aged 16 to 25. The vaccine maker hopes to pursue emergency authorization for jabs for this age group in America soon. The White House's COVID-19 coordinator said vaccinated travellers from Europe, Britain, China and elsewhere will be allowed to enter America beginning in November, ending various bans implemented at the start of the pandemic. The EU and Britain have been frustrated after they opened to vaccinated Americans months ago. Passengers will have to test negative for COVID-19 within three days of arrival. Paul Racisa Bergina, who saved over a thousand lives in the Rwandan genocide and inspired the film Hotel Rwanda, was sentenced to 25 years in prison on terrorism charges. Prosecutors alleged that he directed a rebel group to attack people in 2018 and 2019. But Mr Racisa Bergina's supporters described his trial as a sham, punishment for his criticism of Paul Kagame, Rwanda's president. Coinbase, a cryptocurrency exchange, abandoned plans to offer a lending product after America's Securities and Exchange Commission threatened legal action to stop it. The firm wanted to let users earn a 4% yield on their holdings of a cryptocurrency pegged to the dollar. But regulators, eager to strengthen oversight of the cryptoverse, said the product should be registered as a security. And fact of the day. 860,000, the number of lives the COVID-19 pandemic has claimed in America, according to the Economist's estimate of excess deaths.
And now, here's today's agenda. The UNGA Games Hybrid Global Diplomacy in New York Presidents and Prime Ministers at the United Nations General Assembly in New York City will inspire a mix of relief and anxiety over the coming days. Part of the relief is simply because many of them, more than 100, are showing up in person. The COVID-19 pandemic turned last year's 75th birthday bash into a stilted virtual affair. A lot of meetings will still be held online, but the annual event is returning to something closer to normal. Many leaders will be relieved, too, that it will be President Joe Biden who speaks for America today. At the last in-person UNGA, Donald Trump, the then-president, insisted, quote, The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. Mr Biden instead believes in the international order that America helped to create. But that order faces daunting challenges, including climate change, COVID-19, great power rivalry, not helped by a recent spat among Western allies over an Australian, British and American defence pact, and humanitarian disasters from Ethiopia to Afghanistan. Hence the anxiety. In both its mood and its meetings, expect a hybrid global gathering. What it's worth. Electricity super surge. On Monday, the British government held crisis talks with the country's energy industry and regulator. Last week, electricity prices soared to £540, $741 per megawatt hour, up from £147 a few weeks ago. Britain is not the only country suffering. European and American prices also recently hit record levels. Such highs have damaged businesses operating on thin margins and will probably drive up inflation across the continent. The price surge is the result of a perfect storm. Disruptions in Russia and Norway have led to shortages of natural gas, which generates about a fifth of Europe's electricity, making it much more expensive. Buyers in China and Japan have snapped up shipments of liquefied natural gas, a possible alternative source. Coal is pricey too, because of Chinese demand and European carbon permits. And weeks of still air have curtailed wind power. Hence the particularly severe crisis in Britain, which relies on gas and wind energy almost twice as much as the European average. France's Fury AUKUS When the annual top-level meetings at the United Nations General Assembly in New York begin, Emmanuel Macron will be missing. The French president had already decided not to go. But his absence will symbolise deep French rage at the Australian, British and American Defence Pact, dubbed AUKUS, unveiled last week. It torpedoed a French contract worth billions of dollars with Australia to build submarines. Jean-Yves Le Drian, France's foreign minister, called it a quote, stab in the back. He recalled the French ambassadors to Washington DC and Canberra. Joe Biden, America's president, and Mr Macron are due to talk by phone soon. But it will take more than words to patch things up. 
One foreign minister suggested that the fallout might scupper ongoing talks between the EU and Australia over a free trade deal. For Mr Macron's administration, this is not just about wounded pride or a lost contract. It is a breach of trust between key allies and the sabotaging of their own strategic partnership with Australia as part of a French Indo-Pacific strategy. The consequences have yet to be fully felt. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Universal Music's IPO. The world's biggest record label will go public on Tuesday on Amsterdam's Euronext Exchange. Universal Music Group, which owns 3 million tracks by everyone from ABBA to Zendaya, is being spun off by Vivendi, its French owner. A boom in recorded music has got investors excited. Industry revenues have grown by 54% since their low point in 2014. About two-thirds of last year's takings of $21.6 billion went to the three, quote, major labels, Universal, Sony and Warner. Future growth will be slower. Streaming is nearing saturation point in the rich world. Three in five American homes subscribe to a service like Spotify, up from one in five in 2016. Record labels hope to keep the hits coming by licensing music to new media formats, including social video, TikTok, gaming, Twitch, and others such as Peloton, an exercise bike firm which plays tunes to keep people pedalling. All this means more money, money, money for Universal. Deep Sea Cinema A plea to save the oceans and us. Vertical Migration by Superflex, a Danish arts collective, will be projected onto the United Nations Secretariat building in New York City for the next four days as part of Climate Week, an annual event that runs alongside the UN General Assembly. The 20-minute video shows a computer-generated siphonophore, a colony of deep-sea marine organisms, migrating to the surface to feed. The real-life version occurs every night and is the largest biological migration on Earth. For Superflex, the film portrays, quote, a life form that bears no resemblance to human beings, though we share a planet, an ecosystem, and a future. They hope that, as delegates gather for discussions, it will remind them of what they are trying to protect. Siphonophores and other inhabitants of the Twilight Zone play a crucial role in regulating the climate sucking down billions of tonnes of carbon each year. Yet they are threatened by warming oceans. Siphonophores also work together, as humans must learn to, the artists say. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Annie Besant. Better remain silent, better not even think, if you are not prepared to act. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Music